Welcome to Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. Here's your host, Ben Wilson. with another episode of Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. I'm your host, Ben Wilson, and my co-host, Rodney, is beside me as usual, taking a nap. Today, we have a special episode as we honor the 40-year anniversary of one of the greatest rock albums of all time and the top-selling rock album of all time, Back in Black by ACDC. And joining me today is my friend and ACDC expert, Scott Tudor. Scott, thanks so much for coming on the show. Good morning, Ben, and thank you for having me again. Typically, we talk about good old wrestling. Today, we're going to talk about another one of my favorite subjects, rock and roll, and of course, one of my favorite bands of all time, if not the favorite band of all time, ACDC. I wouldn't consider myself an expert, but I've been a fan for close to 40 years, so I have a lot of opinions where it comes to this subject. Well, actually, to be honest with you, ACDC and wrestling kind of go hand in hand. I mean, ACDC's song, Are You Ready?, is the opening song for WWE's uh, SmackDown right now. And it's been used in a lot of movies and wrestling for, for many, many years. That is absolutely true. And back in the day when wrestlers were allowed to actually use regular music for entrance themes, ACDC was chosen quite a bit in the late 70s, early 80s. So let's talk about the album because today, July 25th, 2020, is actually the 40-year anniversary of the release of Back in Black. And for those who may not be familiar with ACDC and this album, it was released on July 25th, 1980 by ACDC. The members of ACDC for this particular album were founders Angus Young and Malcolm Young, new lead singer Brian Johnson, Cliff Williams as the bass guitarist, and Phil Rudd on the drums. And when it launched, it was a huge, huge success. I mean, it it topped the charts in Britain. It was a top chart 
in the United States, got up to number four in the United States, which was actually a big, big deal for heavy metal albums at that time because a lot of the hard rock was starting to kind of go down a little bit and more more in favor of like glam rock and even like disco, Bee Gees, things like that. So this was a major, major album for the, the rock industry. So Scott, give me your thoughts about this album the first time you heard it. First time I heard it, I was in elementary school and I have to say I loved it. From the first time I heard it, I had been introduced to ACDC prior to hearing this album. I had heard the Dirty Deeds album, which was on cassette, of course, <laughs> from my older two older sisters. I've got two older sisters that were surprisingly into some hard rock. They, their music tastes were wide open, but they did like hard rock, and they were the ones that uh, introduced me to it. Quite honestly, I had been a fan of ACDC. Before I actually heard the Back in Black album, it was a little later that I heard that. What I was more familiar with was the earlier, like, uh, Dirty Deeds and, and things like that. But Back in Black is the complete album for me. Even today, I can listen to this thing from one side to the other. And, of course, for you younger kids, one side to the other means an album or a cassette where we actually had to flip it. You know, nowadays, CD or whatever, I can listen to it straight through and and never look back i love every song on this album yeah you know it's kind of funny how acdc got was not really actually it's not funny how they got here but the the stories about all of acd's albums are always interesting and and somewhat funny you know with acdc they had just started to be like a really big act in the united states in the late 70s with their highway to hell album and that was with former lead singer uh bon scott and they were preparing to do another album, and Bon Scott, legendary partier, legendary wild man, and he actually tragically passed away in February of 1980 when they were preparing for this album. And so they had to go through a search to find a new lead singer in Brian Johnson, and they, they found him, and they recorded this thing only a few months after Bon Scott passed away. So I guess talk about your thoughts on... Bon Scott and the transition into Brian Johnson because two powerful singers there. So quite honestly, when I was a kid, like I said, when I was first introduced to ACDC, I, I guess I didn't understand that there were two different lead singers, oddly enough. And then uh, as you and I had discussed before, when I got into like late junior high, possibly early high school, a good friend of mine, probably one of my best friends ever that lived up the street from me. He was also kind of a, a closet metalhead for a while. He actually explained it to me and I was like, man, and after I went back and listened, I could start, I could really differentiate between the two. I could actually tell the difference. My opinion on, on both singers, I love them both. You got some who are purists who only go with Bon Scott. They think Brian Johnson messed it up. Not me. I think Back in Black is probably their best album altogether. And us being the same age or close to the same age and being in high school and college around the same time, you probably recall when uh, the big album ACDC Live came out. Yeah, this was, in the uh, 90s, I think. Yes, it was in the early 90s. It was huge, man. And that was all, you know, Brian Johnson. And that album, you know, sold like gangbusters. Everybody in my high school, even the people who weren't really necessarily rock and roll fan or metalheads, they even had that album and would, would blast it. So to me, I think they made a lot of good moves with Brian Johnson. Obviously, Bon Scott is who got them to the table. And, you know, if you know your history, you know that Bon Scott was actually a fan 
of Brian Johnson when Brian Johnson was in a previous band to ACDC. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard that story or not. I hadn't. So I'll just jump into it real quick. Apparently, after a gig uh, one night for ACDC, Bond was wanting to go blow off some steam or something like that, or they were in between albums or something, and he uh, went to a bar. He was by himself. but None of the boys were with him, and he witnessed Brian Johnson lead singing, and I can't remember the name of Brian Johnson's old band. They never really made it real big, but uh, I think they were locally pretty big. And Bon Scott came back to the boys and, you know, to uh, Malcolm and to uh, Angus and were like, you guys have to hear this guy. He is amazing. So <laughs> the, the truth to the story goes, or, or legend has it, I should say, that once they talked to Brian Johnson, they found out that he had had a hernia or something that was going on. It was causing him pain and he was hitting really high notes because he was in pain on stage that night. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if that's true, but that I read that and I've heard that before and history goes. And supposedly Malcolm and Angus, you know, they, they leaned towards Brian because Bond was such a fan. So, and they, you know, they all went and met the guy and they'd all talked to him and stuff later. So, you know, it's kind of a, I would like to have seen that meetup, you know? Yeah. Well, talking about uh, the Young brothers, Angus and Malcolm Young, I mean, they were the founders of ACDC. And when people think of ACDC, probably the first image they think of is Angus in the, the, the schoolboy outfit and him going crazy playing the guitar. So talk about um, the influence of, of those guys in the music scene, especially when it comes to the guitars. So Angus, especially to me, stood out. And I didn't appreciate Malcolm as much until I was older and started learning a little bit more. I'm no music expert by no means, but I love listening. I've got, you know, several genres that I'm into, but Angus stood out. And I think the reason he stood out was because of the flashiness and because of the schoolboy outfit. And, you know, part of rock and roll is the theatrics. And Angus brought that to the table. I mean, he was really, besides being an awesome guitar player, he was a heck of a theatrical guy with the dancing around and jumping around and, you know, he was one of the first to really bring that energy to the table. And I think a lot of bands tried to mimic that or capture that lightning in a bottle after Angus brought it to the table. But to me, I felt like Angus was definitely a groundbreaker in that because he was one of the first ones that really brought that energy to the stage. Well, I thought, too, their their guitars were just so powerful. And everything. I mean, it's just high energy. If you're looking to work out or you know, practice sports or whatever. I mean, there's not a better band to listen to than ACDC when it comes to the high-energy stuff and the power of those guitars. Right. And the thing with Angus as well, just the energy on the stage. I mean, he he's playing as a guitar. He's doing his head bobs and his stomps and stuff. I mean, I don't know how he does it and stays coordinated. I agree. He, It's a major talent. Most people can't even play the guitar sitting still. I would be one of those people much less being able to run around, jump around, keep tune, keep time, and be able to do all those things that he does and still be able to play at the level he plays. Yeah. No, so major, major uh, players when it comes to rock history. And really, when they talk about the greatest guitarists of all time, you know, they'll debate like in Rolling Stone Magazine or VH1 or whatever. I mean, Angus Young is always in the top two or three, and a lot of times people vote him number one. I mean, he he's that good and respected in the industry. 
So, rounding out the band for this particular album, you had uh, Brian Johnson on vocals, Angus Young and Malcolm Young on guitar. You had Cliff Williams uh, on bass guitar and Phil Rudd on drums. I tell you what, Phil Rudd is a drummer. I, I really enjoyed him. He was great. Because a lot of their 70s albums, too, just, just listening to the drum and the intro and stuff, even like the Dirty Deeds song, I mean, the drumming in that is just fantastic. Absolutely. I, I enjoy... You know, and I, I went back even further. The Dirty Deeds was the first one I was introduced to. Fell in love immediately as a kid. I didn't know the words to Dirty Deeds. I didn't know what they were saying, but I loved the rhythm and the music and all that. As I got older, I kind of got into the older albums and kind of, uh, you know, just explored. I wanted to see what they were. And like 74 Jailbreak and, and all that. Oh, I mean, that was that, a great song. Uh, that song tears it down, man. I mean, that that song rocks. If you've never heard it, Please go back and listen. If you're an ACDC fan at all, you'll love it. I can listen to those songs anytime. I don't care what mood I'm in. I can put those in and just jam. Well, I tell you, going back to our point about wrestling and rock and roll, I mean, Dirty Deeds, that's the finishing move of Dean Ambrose at WWE, now uh, John Moxley in AEW. So it's just more influence on, on current wrestling. There you go. So let's talk about uh, some of the songs here, because, I mean, a lot of the, the major, major songs of ACDC's career are in Back in Black. The first side, you have Hell's Bells, which is a tribute to Bon Scott passing away. Shoot to Thrill, which for some of those, we'll, and we're, we're going to play a few of the songs here. That's the theme to Iron Man. Great song. You got What Do You Do for Money, Honey? Giving the Dog a Bone, so they're animal supporters. Like they like Rodney. Let me put my love into you. But and uh, I guess before we get to side two, one thing that ACDC is known for, as far as lyrics, there's a lot of sex innuendos. <laughs> Just blatant. I mean, listen to this. Let me put my love into you. Yeah, it is something that they've been criticized by for the moms of the young kids who wanted to listen to them and things like that. And of course, the older guys are like, "Yeah, bring it on." Right. But um, it's pretty much a lot of sex, drinking, and rock and roll in their lyrics consistently. They are, they are the consummate rock and roll band. I mean, that's what they are all about. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. Emphasis on the sex. And um, side two, of course, Back in Black, the song that we entered the podcast with, which is an album name. And, and that's also kind of a tribute back to Bon Scott. You know, the design of the cover was all black except for the ACDC lined out in gray, just as a tribute to to Bon Scott. You Shook Me All Night Long, which is probably the most famous ACDC song, I would think. I mean, what's your take on that? Yeah, and I'm going to touch on that, and this is going to be an unpopular opinion, okay? It is absolutely the most famous ACDC song because every girl and preppy dude and everybody that never was a rock and roll fan, they know this song because it is a huge pop culture icon. I mean, you can't, if you name that song, everybody knows it. Some people may not even be able to tell you who sings it, but they know the song. Mm -hmm. That is exactly why this is probably my least favorite ACDC song. Really? It's not that it's not a good song, but it's overplayed. I think that ACDC's other songs are underappreciated because of this song. Wow. See, I, I love this song. I mean, I, th- I thought the video was fantastic, too. And, um, of course, the woman they had in there, uh, she was very impressive. Just high energy. I thought their video was great. It was kind of um, setting the trend, I think, for a lot of the newer rock videos that you saw in the 80s. So I thought it was pretty cool. 
So that is interesting. Well, finishing out uh, side two, you have Have a Drink on Me, which is a very popular New Year's Eve song for ACDC fans. Shake a Leg, which I think would go for dancing there. And then ending out the album, Rock and Roll Ain't Noise Pollution, which I personally like because, you know, parents would always be like, oh, this rock and roll is trash and stuff like that. So that's sort of ACDC's statement back to them. Probably my number one song on this album. Really? Absolutely. Wow. So where do you rank? All right, so you rank Rock and Roll Ain't uh, Noise Pollution number one. Where do you rank your these songs as far as your favorite? So I, I mean, man, it's really tough. I've got to go with Rock and Roll Ain't Noise Pollution for personal reasons. I had a uh, awesome experience in high school, and that song on the radio at the time. I just have to leave it at that. Uh, Back in Black is definitely number two. That song is just so powerful. You can't not love that song. Let me see. Shoot to Thrill is probably number three for me. I love that I song. Love, that tune just just kicks it kicks it up. Uh, let's, man, the rest are hard to hard to rate for me. Man, Shake a Leg is good. Uh, Have a Drink on Me has its own little different tune to it. I love it. And that's the thing about a lot of people who are not necessarily ACDC fans. You always hear, oh, they all sound the same. They all sound the same. Well. Not really. You haven't really dug into the the meat of the of the album. Some of their main songs may sound alike, but if you dig into their different songs, like in this just in this album, they've all got a different meaning, different tune, different sound. Let's see. Let me put my love into you. I like that one. That's probably number. Where am I at? Number five. Like I said, you shook me all night long. Is going to rate last, no matter what. So wow, I, uh, I'm really surprised about that because I mean, like you said, probably most people when they had, they think of the ACDC favorite songs, that's one of the, the favorite. Right. And please understand, I think uh-huh. it's a great song. Great yeah. song. Love it. But it's my least favorite because it's overplayed, and that's what everybody knows. When you throw that song out there, they're like, oh, yeah, I know that. And I'm like, okay, you're missing out on a lot of other good music because that's all you know. Yeah. Let's see. Hell's Bells, number seven, and... Giving the dog a bone, number eight. Let's see what which one did I not name? Number what do you nine, do? What, what do you do for money, honey? Yeah, yeah. Number nine. What do you do for money? And then uh, you shook me all night long. Ten. Yeah. What about you? Well, honestly, I would probably vote you shook me all night long. Number one. No uh, way, man. No way. I, I like it. Well, I mean, I, I like that song. I mean, I like that. Um, Back in Black is right up there with me. I really, really enjoy that. I love Shoot to Thrill. Absolutely love that one. Love um, I mean, to me, those three songs right there, I mean, they could all be tied for number one because I, I really love the opening for Shoot to Thrill. I mean, I know it's unpopular lyric-wise, but that song, Giving the Dog a Bone, just the intro and the music, I mean, if I'm getting ready to work out and I need high energy or something, man, the, the guitar intro for that song is just amazing. I like all of them. This is one of the few albums that I can honestly say where I like every song on there. And the only other album I can think of off the top of my head where I can say that one, maybe two, two or three, uh, would be Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. I mean, I liked every song on that one. Probably the Def Leppard, Hysteria, and maybe one of their earlier ones, um, like in 82 or 83. Those, those are probably the albums where I can say I really enjoyed every song. Right. So... Well, I tell you what, since we've talked so much about Shoot to Thrill, let's have a little clip. And by the way, we actually, Scott, we actually have a sponsor for this show today. 
a first-time sponsor. We're allowed to do this courtesy of the free use doctrine under the trademark law of the United States, which, being a boring lawyer, I have to explain this to to you. (laughs) Since we are doing a review of ACDC's Back in Black album, we are allowed to play this song since we are not doing it for for profit purposes. So, bottom line, please don't sue us. (laughs) (laughs) Sad state of affairs that we live in today. All right, here's a little clip from ACDC Shoot to Thrill. song just the energy from those guitars starting i mean that's just amazing i mean i practically got goosebumps right now <laughs> sad to say man that that music still gets me fired up man oh man well of course i mean i mentioned that's the song that's been used for um, iron man it's been used for a lot of the the video games now it's just such a an amazing amazing song so i love shoot to thrill all right so let's go through a few more of the favorites here so, you know, we've talked about giving the dog a bone. I've got to play just the first, just the intro of it. Just the intro. We won't go into the lyrics because it's pretty suggestive. But uh, <laughs> since I do have a dog as a co-host here, I have to play this song. Absolutely. Let it go. All right. That's about all we can play of that song. <laughs> Excellent tune. But Excellent I mean, music. just the guitar intro, I mean, the energy and power of that song, wow. And that's the thing, you know, ACDC kind of had the, the nickname The Thunder from Down Under because they um, they were formed when they were in Australia. But that's the thing with ACDC, just raw energy. And I love it. I agree. Absolutely. Like I said, they're in my top two favorite bands of, of all time. Them and Zeppelin right behind them or, you know, depending on my mood, sometimes I'll, I'll lean towards Zeppelin maybe a little bit more, but there's not a time I can't put ACDC in and enjoy it. Yeah. No, no matter what mood, no matter what time of the day, I never turn it off if it's on the radio and I've got CDs and 
MP3s and whatever you call it. I've got all kinds of downloads of them now. So I've I've got cassette tapes. Yeah, from back in I've the got day. The, I, I do have the Who Made Who. Oh tape. wow, that that's I, that's a great I, album. <laughs> I know for sure that I've still got that. I've seen it. I had Back in Black at one time. I would have to dig through my stuff and uh, see if I still got that. But I definitely have the Who Made Who. That one has special meaning to me because of an old horror flick called uh, Maximum Overdrive. Yeah. Who made who? Hey, who made who was the soundtrack for that? Yeah. So how genius is that? All right, I'm gonna play your favorite song here, the popular "You Shook Me All Night Long."
masterpiece there. Masterpiece. <laughs> As I said, I, it's a good song, but <laughs> I've got my reasons. All right. It was kind of funny. I was like, if I ever get married, uh, I, well, first off, I know she'll be the right woman when that song goes off in my head. It'd be the best. <laughs> there's like the best damn woman I've ever seen. Exactly. Agreed. If you can find a woman that loves this, you've got it made. I will say, though, that video was hilarious because um, there was a scene where, like, literally Brian Johnson was walking down and this woman, like, bent over and, like, you know, he well endowed, I will say, got his, Absolutely. Att got his attention. <laughs> it's like, yeah, come on up. And he hopped on up and they had him, like, before he was prepping for the show and everything or the scrubbing in, like, the old wash tubs back in the day. Uh, from like the 30s or something. So then he comes in and the door opens and there are like all these attractive women on bull, uh, mechanical bulls. I'm like, if that's not white trash perfection, I don't know what is. <laughs> right. All right. You know what's kind of interesting with ACDC, the album, Back in Black, is it's the number two selling album of all time, period. I mean, and when I was doing the research for this show... I was really surprised because I knew it was a major, major hit. I just didn't know it was number two. So just out of curiosity, I printed out the list of the best-selling albums of all time, and here they are. Number one, Michael Jackson's Thriller from 1982, and that's not really a surprise to me. I absolutely believe that and understand that why that one was number one. Yeah. Number two, ACDC Back in Black from 1980. 50 million sales. Yes, sir. Yep. Then, number three, which this was a shocker to me, Meatloaf, the Bat Out of Hell album from 1977. That one just, <laughs> I, I can't get over that. We, You and I kind of briefly talked about this list before we started recording. I, That one still surprises me. I can't believe it. Yeah. Good so, album. I, I, I do like the album, but I don't see it being in the top five all time, much less number three. Yeah, I couldn't believe it either, but uh, claim sales, 50 million. Um, Certified sales, 21.7 million. Number four on that list was Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon from 1973. Go Pink Floyd. I like that album. Number four was Whitney Houston, The Bodyguard soundtrack from 1992. Yeah, I understand it. I like that movie. And, of course, that soundtrack was, was hot during the time of that movie. But top five all time? Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. It was. I just remember that when that came out in that movie with Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston. I mean, they won pretty much every award that year. So, oh, great movie, and I love Kevin Costner. Man, I, I think he's a great actor, but I just can't believe that soundtrack was rated that high. Yeah. Next on the list was the Eagles' Greatest Hits album from 1976. I understand that, and the Eagles are highly popular. Unpopular opinion for me. I do like some of their stuff, but I feel like they're a bit overrated. Yeah. Well, that's a band where, I mean, I like a lot of their songs, you know, um, uh, Hotel California and this and that. But it's but going back to what I said earlier with ACDC, the Eagles never had an album that, for me, I enjoyed every song. But, I mean, very good band. But Right. Next on the list was Bee Gees, Saturday Night Fever from 1977. <laughs> Disco gets represented here. Again, that one's probably popular because that movie was so highly popular. Yeah. Next on the list was a Fleetwood Mac and the Rumors album from 1977. Absolutely love that one. I've got that CD. And just a quick shout out to Fleetwood Mac, even though we're uh, popping on ACDC today. That is another album that I can listen to from front to rear. Every song's good. Number nine on the list, 
Shania Twain, Come On Over from 1997, the top-selling country album of all time. And, and what does Shania Twain and ACDC have in common other than having albums in the top ten list, Ben? Mutt Lang was the producer of ACDC's Back in Black and somehow convinced Shania Twain to marry him. You got that right. That's exactly right. I guess talk a little bit about him because he was also the producer of ACDC's uh, How It Hell album with Bon Scott. Well, I don't know a whole lot about him other than he married a absolutely gorgeous woman in the 90s who was also very popular and very successful, partially due to him, but partially due to her talent and obvious good looks. But you got to give the guy credit because he produced two of the top 10 albums of all time. And he produced another one that, uh, of ACDC's good albums. So mm. he obviously has good taste in music and definitely good taste in women. Yeah, what was interesting about Mutt Lang is apparently he had an affair with Shania Twain's best friend. Ended <laughs> up, they separated, and Shania Twain ended up marrying the husband of that best friend. So wow. you call the a switcheroo there. That's so, a high-level Jerry Springer uh, episode if I've ever heard one. Sounds like an ACDC song. <laughs> right. All right, uh, but kind of going through the list here of other top albums, they had the Grease soundtrack from 1978 was next on the list, followed by Led Zeppelin 4 in 1971. Yes. Great album. Led Zeppelin 4, great album. Another one I can listen to every song on. Uh, Michael Jackson, Bad, followed that. Yeah, I can understand that. Then the next one, a little bit of a surprise, but if you go back to 1995, you may not be surprised. Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. That was a. I, I wasn't a big fan of hers, but man, she's she was on MTV like all the time with that. She song. was on a full rotation on all of your poppy top forty radio stations, which I think actually aggravated her because Alanis's whole thing was to not be one of those poppy princesses. That's the one thing I do respect about her, even though I think she's very weird and she made a poor choice when she broke up with uh, Ryan Reynolds, who's one of my favorite actors, but. She was groundbreaking, and she was highly popular. I, I get that one, and she was on full rotation on MTV as well as the, the radio stations back then, so I, I do kind of get it. Yeah. No, uh, and uh, Michael J Jackson's Dangerous from 91 was the next yeah. on the list. Then you get into Celine Dion, Falling Into You, 1996, which I can't remember if that was part of the Titanic or not, but... Um, then you get into I rock. Then you get into rock with the Eagles, Hotel California, nineteen seventy six, the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's, Lonely Hearts Club Band from nineteen sixty seven, and rounding out the list was the Dirty Dancing soundtrack with, of course, Patrick Swayze. <laughs> so, so two things surprised me about that list. Well, a couple things actually. The the Meatloaf being number three was the biggest surprise, but right. the fact that Prince is not listed anywhere. In there is a shocker to me. I figured he would be at least mentioned in the top. What'd you name the top twenty? Let me see here. I got top fifteen. I had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Even if I'm going to the top twenty, Adele is nineteen with a 2011 soundtrack, and then Madonna, 1990s Immaculate Collection, is in the top see, twenty. And I was waiting on a Madonna album to be listed, I, and I understand that and get that. But the fact that Prince was never named and the fact that the Beatles were not named earlier is is quite a surprise for me. I'm, I'm very shocked by that. You know, maybe it could be with the Beatles, too, is at that time um, they were kind of at the very beginning of a bunch of these big 
album companies getting really big. So the Beatles right. did make it on 22 with um, an album of greatest hits in 2000. But, I mean, then you're followed by ABBA. You get the Beatles' Abbey Road, 1969. It's like around 24. Then you get Bruce Springsteen, Born in the USA from 84. I get that one. Uh, Dire Straits, 1985. Yes. 30 million albums sold. James, I love that album. James Horner from the Titanic comes in. And then you get to Metallica from 1991 with the Metallica album, 31 million sold. Yes, sir. Then you're getting into more rock here. You got Metallica followed by Nirvana, Nevermind from 91. Yes. Obviously one of the greatest albums ever and most influential ever. Pink Floyd, The Wall from 1979. Great, Great album. Then you get into Santana, 1999 Supernatural, and then Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Yes, sir. So those are the albums that sold at least 30 million albums at, at one point. When you get into the 20 to $29 million range... Just looking at the list briefly, I mean, you have Bon Jovi, Slippery When Wet, yeah. just from rock albums. Uh, Eric Clapton, Unplugged from 92. Great album. Phil Collins, No Jacket Required from 85. Queen's Greatest Hits from 81. U2, The Joshua Tree from 87 yeah. is in there. You got Britney Spears. You finally get to Prince and Purple Rain in 84 on that list at $25 million. But, the, I mean, he that means he's in like 35, 40 on this list. You got Elton John's greatest hits in there, George Michael, two Backstreet Boys albums, followed by the Sp Oh my God. Followed by the Spice Girls and Ace of no, Base. No, thank you. No, thank you. Then Celine Dion, and then finally you get to Madonna, Like a Virgin, which I thought Madonna's Like a Virgin would be higher. Absolutely, that the songs from that CD or album or cassette were played on nonstop rotation on any pop rock radio station and she owned MTV in the mid to late 80s yeah so I'm very shocked by that one too you've got another Adele album here Michael Jackson from 95 History which I didn't really listen to that one much Ricky Martin makes the list here with 22 million sales Eminem the Marshall Mathers LP from 2000s on the list really this is by far the the highest rated hip hop song yeah you got Michael Jackson Off the Wall 1979 Bon Jovi Crossroads from 94. Boston with the album Boston. I love Boston. Great band. Great, great album. Great rock group. Love it. Yeah. Then you got Britney Spears, Oops, I Did It Again from 2000 with 20 million in sales. Followed by Def Leppard from yes. Hysteria, 90, 1987. Great album. Celine Dion again. Celine Dion's on this list a lot. Her, she and Michael Jackson, I think, have the most albums on this list, and maybe Adele. Green Day. Adele, Adele was a bit surprising for me, but Celine Dion, no surprise. Michael Jackson, absolutely no surprise. You got Shania Twain in here again, The Woman and Me, 1995. That was, I guess, her first album. Yeah. Lionel Richie, Can't Slow Down from 83. Great, great um, album. Elvis Presley, Elvis' Christmas album from 1957. You know, now that you mention Elvis, I'm a little surprised he wasn't mentioned earlier. Yeah. Because he was highly, highly, insanely popular. Well, maybe one thing, too, is when he was popular, maybe a lot of like the younger people liked him, but like my great-grandparents weren't necessarily listening to Elvis. And so maybe it's just as you got into the 60s and 70s and 80s, you had more people who were of the age who would listen to that level. Well, and you got to break it down to technology, too. How many people yeah. actually had record players or 8-track 
players back in the 50s and 60s, you know what I mean? Mostly they were listening to radio, and that was about it. Yeah. So rounding out this list for the albums that sold 20 million albums, you got Mariah Carey on here with uh, Daydream in 95. Super Tramp makes the list with Breakfast in America, 1979. Tracy Chapman from 1988's Tracy Chapman album sold 20 million. Flashdance. The soundtrack from the motion picture from 1983, 20 million in sales, and then Whitney Houston's Whitney album from 1987 sold 20 million. Whitney was talented. Yeah. Flash Flashdance soundtrack was better than the movie. Yeah, well, I thought the movie was pretty good too. It was good. I like Jennifer Bills. So, all right. So back to ACDC though. So you know, this was really the album that was their top seller. Where do you think that this? Um, you know, just I guess stress the impact that it made upon you and just society as a whole, and also ACDC's future career in music. So let's touch on the last statement you just made for a second. This album was pivotal for ACDC, period, because they just lost their lead singer. They had been gaining momentum throughout the 70s, and they were coming in hard to the 80s as a successful band, and, you know, the, the sky was the limit. Well, with the passing of Bond... That had to shake them to their core because obviously he was a great, great frontman. Anybody that's seen any video of of their performances with him know he was the guy. He was the frontman of of frontmen. And you know when a band has something like that happen, it's hard for them to bounce back, much less come back stronger and make the biggest album, arguably, of any rock band's career. And definitely their biggest uh, album, obviously. That's how pivotal this album is. I mean, and for pop culture, let's just talk about it. You talked about You Shook Me All Night Long. Well, obviously, that was their biggest video on MTV. MTV played that video on rotation. Really, that's one of the few videos that I can remember. ACDC was just not a real video band. They were more album sales and radio play to me. But You Shook Me All Night Long was on rotation on MTV and sometimes on VH1. The fact that this is the number two all-time rock album, the impact on pop culture, you can ask anybody about, like I said, they they will know the song, You Shook Me All Night Long, absolutely will know it. Some may not know who sings it, but they know You Shook Me All Night Long. I mean, that song is in movies. It's been used in all kinds of different various media. And just go down the list of all the songs on this album i mean back in black even your non-acdc fans pretty much know that song back in black was used in so many wrestling entrances i can even think of as late as the 90s they had a cover band do it but ecw's uh, chris candido came out to back in black and it was it rocked the house everybody loved it when he came out i could just go on and on but this album is synonymous with rock and roll and especially hard rock and the, the impact it had on pop culture, much less rock and roll and much less ACDC's existence, is just priceless. I mean, I, I can't say enough about it. Well, it's an amazing album and you know one of my favorites of all time. And I just wanted to take the time to recognize the 40-year anniversary of it because it was such a uh, an important album to me personally. I know it was important to you and just one of the real impact albums in the history of American music, not just rock and roll. So as we conclude the show, I'm going to play your favorite song, Rock and Roll Ain't Noise Pollution, as we close the show on ACDC's 40-year anniversary of Back in Black. 
roll ain't noise pollution good words to live by so we appreciate uh, everyone listening to the show hope you enjoyed this trip down memory lane as we honor the 40 anniversary of acdc's back in black scott thanks so much for coming on the show i appreciate it absolutely thank you for having me on something that i'm passionate about i absolutely love this album i could talk about it for forever hey uh, one more quick shout out you know what else today's anniversary is what's that Caddyshack. Oh, it is. 40 years, really, today? <laughs> yes, sir. I forgot it was today. I've been, Yes, sir. Actually, I was working this week. I've got to do a presentation to the Florida Bar on an ethics seminar, and I'm basing it on Caddyshack. It's a 40-year anniversary of Caddyshack. Awesome. Wow, man. This is like my perfect day. ACDC's Back in Black comes out in Caddyshack. I mean, yes, sir. it doesn't get much better than that for me. It really don't. That's so, a great classic movie. Yeah. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, to all the listeners, hope you enjoy the episode. And definitely check out ACDC, Back in Black, when you're in your car, driving down the road, or even around the home, doing whatever. Because it's one of the greatest albums of all time. So thanks a lot, and have a great week. Thanks for listening to this episode. Find us online at benandrodney.com. And follow us on Instagram at Ben Wilson Miami.